Hello friends, welcome to our opting out series. Let me warn you now, I am not exactly sure what is going to happen here. I am only a vessel and a student finding my purpose in exceeding the amazing, whatever that means. <laughs> this seems to be a series that has been literally fighting its way out of me for years to be in the reality of others. What I didn't realize is that I was resisting. You see, I am a recovering people pleaser, peacekeeper, and overall agreeable person. You may say, what is wrong with all of those things? And part of me, the part that seems to uh, be against me putting myself out there, would also agree with you. I used the word fight before for a reason. There is an internal struggle in me between fitting in and standing out. If you are listening to this podcast, then it would seem that standing out is winning the struggle. While growing in my coaching business, I had one particular coaching session with my own coach that set all of this into motion. I said during that call out of frustration, I just want to opt out. Can I just opt out? I am so sick of being in the struggle of, of having to, to deal with the way this world works and the games that just, you know, I seem to have to be playing. And she said, based on a, a long conversation, it sounds like you already are opting out. Uh, based on, you know, my, my conversation, um, you just need to give it utterance, is what she said, to speak it out in the world. That thought kind of resonated with me for a while. Um, I wasn't really sure what that meant for me, but when I heard it, it I felt a, a release, a release like some new key, uh, new, new what I call spiritual breadcrumb had been set. Uh, it gave me a direction. I wasn't sure where it was going to take me, but the thought definitely um, went into my uh, brain and just kind of flowered as a seed, kind of. And, and um, from that, I found myself all of a sudden thinking that maybe I should do a podcast. So here we are, the first installment, opting out of the expected and into the unexpected. We are a royal family dedicated to serving God, living like Jesus, spreading the gospel and advancing the kingdom of God. God has set us apart to set an example during the current society and coming one. He has called us to be set apart. He has shown us how we can live a part of the world. And let me say that again, not a part of the world, I'm sorry, part from the world. To be in the world, but not of the world. To be set apart. We want to opt out. When I say we, meaning I believe this is what we are supposed to want, we want to opt out to be in the wilderness, to be a voice in the wilderness. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that sounds crazy. Who wants to go in the wilderness? If any of you know the story of the Israelites, when coming out of Egypt, they spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. I spent this last year and a half thinking that I was in the wilderness, that our family was in the wilderness, and that we were just waiting for God to just pull us out. I mean, so many prayers, and term I've kind of coined is prayer whining, wondering, when is it going to be time? When am I going to be able to come out of the wilderness? 
And uh, recently, as I have been just studying and writing, journaling, coaching, working, praying, and, and talking with my amazing husband, and I have been facing the, the, the thought that maybe I was brought into the wilderness to help me and to help me do what my calling is. Um, I am reminded of John the Baptist, um, who lived in the wilderness. He was born, um, if any of you know that story, uh, he's the cousin of Jesus. And um, once he was born, he doesn't really explain how, but somehow he ends up in the wilderness. Um, he ate locusts and honey, and he wore rough clothes. And a lot of people said he was kind of a wild man. Uh, and then he you know, comes out um, as someone who totally opted out. He totally opted out of society, as, as anyone else knew it at that time period. And um, if you, you know, read in the Bible, it, it says that um, in prophecy as well as, you know, about him, that um, there would be a voice crying out from the wilderness. And I think about growing up in society and the strings that it attaches to you. It is difficult to belong to God in a society that gets its hooks into you. Um, back to the John the Baptist story, um, as one who opted out into the wilderness once he was called back in for his purpose, for his ministry. Um, it what didn't seem like it was as difficult for him to speak truth when truth was really not so easily received and to say things that ultimately got him killed. It's, it's interesting that just before I recorded this podcast, um, I was just randomly looking through my emails and found one um, from a coach that I have been studying and, and have read his book. And he wrote a um, email blog that talked about how a lot of us um, have that fear, the fear that comes from standing out. And um, he attributes it, attributes it to um, in the past when people would, um, people who stood out ended up dying. And that those who, um, those who ended up dying didn't pass their genes on. So that those of us who are still here um, have ancestors who, 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 uh, uh, who, who fit in so that they would not um, be susceptible to the consequences of standing out. So um, when you think about John the Baptist, he told a very high up person in political society something that he did not want to hear and ultimately ended up getting killed. So you have to wonder that if him being in society made that the choice to do the right thing easier than, you know, one who is in society. So, you know, back to um, once one is in society and it gets its hooks into you, when you think about um, when we are called to drop everything and follow Jesus, are you mad? Do you need to be committed? This is the annoyances, stumbling blocks, and landmines that are set up to keep us discombobulated and unable to see straight enough and long enough to get out. Um, as I am speaking this, I, I think of a prison escape scene from The Simpsons. So yes, for all you Simpsons fans out there in its 30th season, um, there is totally a reference here. Um, if any of you have seen it, there is an episode where Homer uh, finds himself and gets his family um, into a cult. And when his wife decided she wanted out, um, there was a huge, very complex escape scene that was set up to, to keep her from escaping. And um, if you think about what it's like when you really, truly want to opt out, and I think of 
Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, and he talks about his experience with, you know, what I'm talking about when I say opting out, um, you know, to sell one's home um, for something smaller, or something unknown, uh, general society is going to consider you crazy. And Jesus, and that's kind of what his, his awesome book is about. I highly recommend you read it if you haven't already. It is very inspiring and um, I'm sure has a, a, a lot to do with part of where I'm at here now um, doing this series. But when you, when you think about that, um, it is completely opposite from what we are taught. And I think about just my upbringing um, in school, that you are taught to, to get in line, stand in line, um, go where they tell you to go, and to do what they tell you to do in order to fit in, to do well, to get grades, um, to be able to be successful and considered a success. Uh, I wanted to, all my teachers to like me. I wanted to, um, to, to have the good grades and to do what I was told to do in order to, to be successful. That was what I was raised to uh, believe and think. And that's not a bad thing, but it's interesting that those same things that I'm taught um, and when I became an adult, it makes it a lot harder for me. I, I don't want to stand out. I want to get into the crowd and do what they're doing so that I don't uh, stick out like a sore thumb. And I'm, I am sure that there are others of you who, who might also feel that way as well. Some are given that bravery to where they don't mind it. And I'm, I'm myself, I'm still working on that bravery, but, um, to see Christ and who he is and to wake up fully. I mean, that concept, when you really just sit and think about it, I'm going to say it again. This is what it is like to opt out, to see Christ, who he is, and to wake up fully. I say wake up fully because for the last year and in this last year and a half or so, I, I began a prayer journal for the first time something that I never even thought I would do, was never against it, just always thought of myself as not being a writer. But then again, I never thought I would be anyone recording a podcast. So um, then again, back to the doing the unexpected. This is definitely unexpected. To, um, to in, in that journal, I found that I was asleep before. When I really looked at what it was like before and what it was like at that time and even now, I was doing things very differently. I was on autopilot and just, it's almost like just waiting for the next thing to happen, waiting for time to pass for the next thing. And time goes by really quickly when you're on autopilot. And when you have children, it really it can go really quickly. I mean, it's easy to go, it's easy to go into autopilot as their survival mechanism as well. So um, it's something that I have definitely noticed and have found myself really thinking about, praying about, and really being intentional when I, when I look into that. Um, so, you know, back to the concept, to see Christ, who he is, and to wake up fully. Many of us see him, myself included, especially, through sleepy eyes and decide to listen to those voices and sounds that lull us back into slumber. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm so sleepy. Huh? You want me to mm, wake me up when Jesus comes back? God definitely had to jolt me awake. I see that now for the first time. 
I would have totally gone back to sleep. It's easy to be asleep. I mean, things just kind of go as you expect them. Everything stays on schedule. And for me, my kids went to sleep when I put them down. Everything was happening according to plan. I just, I had nothing pulling at me. I had nothing um, causing me to lose any sleep. Um, I had been asleep for a long time. I didn't realize that till recently. Um, it's interesting because I've been asking God in my prayers and prayer whining that, gosh, I'm just ready to be over with this wilderness and go back to the way it was. Um, it's t- it, in this time, it's like, okay, well, what was the way it was? Well, I was asleep. I was not living life intentionally. I was not living in or trying to find my purpose. I was not doing anything um, to really use the gifts that I had been given. I was starting before to opt out very slowly, but I found that my resolve, now that I look back, was very weak. The, the, the world, the weight of my family's expectations, and generational baggage all had its hooks in me. I was a trophy on the enemy's wall. Catch of my lifetime, quote unquote, on, on the mantle underneath the, the, the trophy. Hooks, um, seem with the hooks in the mouth, seems like American society has us all on that wall, hooks in mouths, completely disarmed and harmless. I could have, over time, been pulled right back to where I had been pulled from, just right back to sleep. It would have been very easy had the jolt not been so jarring and, and really attention-grabbing for me. Um, back in 2009, we got rid of cable before it was the end thing to do. We opted out of cable. We looked into how we could resist the gouging and still be able to watch our shows. My handsome and brilliant husband found a way. I wanted to start a family business. I had always had so much trouble working in the workforce as we know it. It was always something, no matter what. I didn't want to compromise my family, values, or who I am to succeed at every job. In my experience, this was the battle and balance I could never reach. I opted out of corporate. I began a business, and God led the way. No, he made the way. It was before we had children, and I was convicted. I didn't know why, but I just knew if we ever had children, I wanted to be home with them. So I prayed and asked God, to make that possible. Then I visualized the typical family unit. Both parents work hard to provide a nice life. The children are in daycare at six to eight weeks old for 10 hours a day. And by the time they get home and eat, it's time for everyone to go to bed and start the day all over again. This goes on until they are moving out into college. The only time they see each other is on weekends and it's uncomfortable because no one is used to each other. The parents The parents work, and parent and child don't really get a whole lot of time to to see each other. And there are more, but these are just ways that once I took time to look back at the ways that I have opted out after um, thinking about the fact that I just want to opt out, opt out of so many things, um, that I had been doing it, but that it was time to speak it out. So... Um, This is the first, again, um, installment in this series, and I am not really sure uh, what is going to happen even in this particular installment, much less um, the rest that come from there. 
but I want to encourage and empower. That seems to be my mission in life, to encourage and empower and to allow people to realize that they do have the permission to do what they're being called to do. I think we all have something that is pulling us, pulling us away from what we feel is natural for us to do at that time. And sometimes it helps. I know there's a a couple of things that I have gotten involved in where they say, someone has to go first. Someone has to to get out there and um, be the first one to to show that, hey, it can be done. You know, be the trailblazer, um, be the one who who speaks it out and says, hey, it's okay, and we can do it together. You know, to say, well, I will go alongside you and you don't have to do it alone. So, um, dear one, whoever is listening right now, I just am thinking about you, praying for you, and just saying that if this is speaking to you, if you feel things inside of you being pulled at, do not ignore them. Do not fall back asleep, but take note of what is tugging at you. I mean, literally get something to write on, even if it's a scratch piece of paper, your arm, whatever, take note of what is pulling at you because there is something there. There is a gold nugget there for you. And then think about those around you that you can call and don't just call anyone. There are those around you that will encourage you in what it is that you're feeling. Because I will say to you, there are people in my life that I could not call with this because they are not ready themselves to hear this. And one who had a really great way of looking at this was Francis Chen. Again, read his book, Crazy Love, where um, if what you're doing is convicting them in ways that they're not ready for, then they aren't going to be able to really hear or um, be ready to to follow or, or be, go along with what, what it is that might be pulling you. And that's okay. We are all on different timescales. But if you, my dear, are being pulled, there is a person that will pop into your head, if you just give yourself a moment, that will be the person that you share this with. And I encourage you to share this immediately, whether it's a text message or you give them a call or you meet them for coffee, but don't wait, don't allow, because there will be things that will say, go to sleep, come back to it later, hit the snooze button, throw the alarm clock out the window, and do not listen to that because I'm telling you, there is something great in that moment, in that place that you're feeling, in that discomfort that you're feeling. There is something great. So with that, I will bring our first um, installment in this series to a close. I just thank God for all of you and for everything that he is doing in this world, in this moment, and with you.